1: Hey River Valley Church, I uh, just want to talk to you real quick about our guest speaker today. He's one of uh, my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, our first missionary that we supported as a church, uh, he's out there risking his life, uh, really pioneering the way and trying to be a light of the gospel uh, to those that have a, a Muslim belief. And we're trying to share Christianity with them, and Dick Brognan is out there pioneering the trail, just doing an amazing work. Um, I was going to be on vacation today and uh, wanted to be here so bad to hear him preach so I even came back. Uh, I want you to open up your hearts. I believe he's anointed. I believe he's a man of God. He's an apostle for our age and uh, I believe he's got something to say to you because he's spent time with God and I want you to welcome Dick Brogdon. How many of you brushed your teeth this morning? Raise your hand if you brushed your teeth. Fantastic. Missionaries are always looking for prayer. You can't talk to other people while you're brushing your teeth, at least not with a lot of intelligence. So next time you brush your teeth, would you pray for us? There's a prayer card that you can get back at that table where those live-dead journals are. If you'd like to pray for us, take one and stick it up in your mirror. That way we'll get prayer from you every day and from the teenagers once a month, but we'll appreciate whatever <laughs> prayer you would offer on our behalf. The Live Dead initiative is simply this, it's planting churches amongst unreached people group through multinational teams. The reality is that there are about 6,500 unreached people groups that are less than 2% evangelical Christian around the world, and they are in very difficult places, in very difficult contexts, they're difficult to access, difficult to reach. And so Live Dead is just an admission that if we are going to represent Jesus well, And to see him glorified by every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, there's going to be a cost. We're going to have to die to our wills and to ourselves and to our flesh and to our cultures and our conveniences. Some of us are even going to have to give up our lives. And as we do this together, as we live dead together, Jesus will rise and Jesus will be dominant amongst these peoples. I'd like you to watch with me a video. It's just about a three and a half minute video about the Arab world. Because if we look at our world today, Whether you like it or not, Islam is the premier challenge. And this generation is going to have to wrestle and understand how to react to the world of Islam. And therefore, we had knowledge in the midst of Islam is the Arab world. The the Africans have a great proverb. The proverb says that if you want to, to kill an elephant, you can't stab its shadow. You have to go after its heart. And so the Arab center is the heart of the Arab world. And it is from there the ideology and the finances and the philosophy of of Islam is spread. And so if we are going to be faithful to the commands of Jesus in our generation, we're going to have to do something about Islam and the Arab world. Would you watch this video with me?
0: staring down at me and I am stumbling I call you on the phone to tell you that I love you but I'm mumbling the clock inside my head comes ticking to a hall as I go tumbling Another country where the warm and fuzzy sea is always rumbling. And I float along in the sea, it spins around under me. I float along in the sea. In my dreams, you sing to me in my dreams, you sing to me in my dreams. love
1: My parents' generation used to sing a simple chorus that went like this. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him, all through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to be like Jesus? Yeah? Is there something deep within you that longs to be like him? Today I am going to do something that I've never done before. I'm going to use the sermon as an extended prayer of blessing over you, though it might not seem like it. And I'm going to pray through the course of this sermon that you would be like Jesus. Why? So that you can participate in the mission of God, so that you may have the privilege of joining your life to that of Christ and to the reason that he came and lived and died. And therefore, I am going to pray that the Lord would bless you with hunger, that he would bless you with limitations, that he would bless you with unanswered prayer, that he would bless you with fatigue, that he would bless you with poverty, that he would bless you with simplicity, and that he would bless you with suffering and death. Out of the riches of his great mercy, With which he has loved you. May the Lord bless you with hunger. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was hungry. I was in Canada last month listening to an Ethiopian pastor speak on hunger, and with a gentle smile, he affirmed It is not easy for a North American to understand hunger. What can we know of spiritual hunger who have never involuntarily missed a meal? What can we of full pantries and public drinking fountains know of hungering and thirsting for righteousness? What can we who eat out once a week and overeat continually, we who are continually satiated by the drugs of bread and games, we who differ not from decadent Rome, what can we know of holy dissatisfaction. O God, who opened the windows of heaven. O God, who spread a table in the wilderness. O God of all supply, would you not have mercy on your people? Would you not love us enough to lead us like Jesus by the Spirit into the wilderness and make us hungry? Will you, O Lord, not bless us with hunger? Lord, grant us the honor of an empty cupboard. God, give us the blessing of not being able to afford to eat out. Savior, deny not to us involuntary lack and suffering. Faithful one, be faithful to us in this. Bless us by leading us to hunger. That you might give us food that we know not of. I pray over you the blessing of physical hunger to not have, to not be able to provide for yourself, to be unsatisfied, that your body may teach your spirit as a servant will on occasion instruct the master that man does not live by bread alone. Jesus, make us hungry for you. Jesus, give us a longing, a desperation for more of Jesus. May our spirits be in pain. May our hearts be restricted. May nothing else satisfy us. May nothing else matter because we are starving. We are starving for more of Jesus. Oh Lord, would you bless your people with hunger. May the Lord bless you with poverty. Jesus was poor. At his dedication, Joseph and Mary offered two turtle doves because Leviticus twelve eight instructs that when a woman would purify herself through the sacrifice after childbirth, if she cannot afford a lamb, see the irony there. Let her bring two turtle doves. Matthew eight verse twenty. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. At what point do 10 pairs of shoes become a liability? At what point do 15 shirts and 5 pairs of jeans and club memberships and 3 bathroom homes and double mortgages become crippling? At what point do the conveniences of life blind us to the realities of eternity? Jesus was poor. You want to be like Jesus? Empty your closet and give away your golf clubs and downsize your house. This is not mandatory. This is a blessing. It is hard for the rich to enter the kingdom. Affluence does inoculate us. We have insurance and assurance and stock and travel points, air conditioning and form-fitting mattresses and disposable income and disposable cameras and disposable marriages. We have so much that we have nothing. May God bless us with poverty. May God show us how much we can live without May Jesus show us that joy is not found in the abundance of possessions. May Jesus, if he needs to, may he take away our jobs and take away our promotions and may he reduce our incomes. May he strip away our comforts. May he replace money with time and treasure with peace. May God rescue us from self-sufficiency and endow us with dependency on him. Oh, May the God of all comforts give us this great gift of stripping away all the insulation that wealth provides and stirring us and slapping us and waking us and forcing us to realize that mammon is a cruel, tyrannical master. And may God make us vulnerable and dependent and simple and poor that we might revel in the unsearchable riches of Christ. O God of a cattle on a thousand hills, have mercy on us and bless us with poverty. You keep the treasury. You give us as we need, but let us be poor. May the Lord bless you with limitations. Philippians 2, 5 and 7. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, made himself nothing. Jesus did not do everything that he could have done. He limited himself. He only did what the Father wanted. This self-limitation of Jesus out of the Philippian passage is called kenosis. It is to restrict yourself to only what another asks. Limits are blessings. Prisons are benefits. This text was written by Paul from jail. If Paul had not been confined to a cell, there would have been no Philippians. Much of the New Testament would not have been written. May God bless you with prisons. May God grant you handicaps. May God give you restrictions. May the Lord favor you with chains and restraints. And fences and hedges and walls. May the spirit of liberty bless you with boundaries. May you be unable in your own strength. May you be slowed and stopped and diverted and redirected. May you be confined. May you be constrained. May you be locked up. May your words be few and your opinions throttled. And may your limitations bring life. And may your restrictions bring liberty. And may your confinement announce release. And may your captivity ransom. May you be blessed by incapacity. May you be rewarded by being pruned. May you be trusted with being removed. May you be diminished. And may you be weakened. And may you be overlooked. And may you be blocked. And may you be born blind or become blind. For if you are blind, the scripture says, you have no guilt. And we are blind and we are limited, not because our fathers sinned, but that the glory of God might be revealed. Bless God for crutches. Bless God for terminal disease. Thank God for hospital stays and shut-ins and unexpected denials. May God take away and strip down Jesus limited himself. O oh God of grace, bless us with limitations. May the Lord bless you with unanswered prayer. Matthew 26, verse 39 and Going a little farther, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass. And the Father said no. A few few weeks ago, I was in Palermo, Sicily. and Late one night, I was talking with Alan, Jason, and David. Alan serves in Thailand. Jason serves in China. David serves in Lebanon. And we were talking about prayer. We were talking about praying for miracles, praying for healings amongst Muslims, and how many times we have laid hands on Muslims and prayed for a divine act of the Lord and nothing happened. A few days later, Jason wrote to us all, and this is what he said. I think that while God is glorified certainly when prayers are answered, that He gets a different kind of glory when His servants pray and nothing happens. And they pray again, and nothing happens. And they look foolish and pray again, and nothing happens. And pray yet again, and nothing happens. When God's servants trust Him so much, when they care so little about their reputation, that they pray and pray and pray and pray again, when that happens, God elbows the devil in the ribs and says, look at that, do you have anybody like that? Do you have anyone that loves you and trusts you so much that unanswered prayer is a joy and the loss of faith is gain? You got anyone like that, devil? Do you have anyone like that? May the Lord bless you by denying your petitions. May the Lord bless you by saying no to your requests. May the Lord bless you by imposing his will on yours and may you find it sweeter. And may you rise again, and pray again, and be denied again. And may you ask, and seek, and knock, and not find, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. And in your importunity, may you glad in the heart of God. Look at my servant Job, he will cry. Look at my daughter. Look at my son. Look how they love me. Look how they trust me. Look how they embrace what I decree. You have anyone like that devil? Do you have anyone like that? May the Lord bless you with fatigue. John chapter 9, verse 4 Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming where no man can work. William Whiting Borden was the son of a wealthy businessman. He rejected all of his inherited wealth and answered God's call to be a missionary. Arriving in Cairo, He fell sick and he died. And in his Bible, they found this famous phrase no retreat, no regret, no reserves. How many reserves did Jesus have at the end? How much strength did Jesus take with him to heaven? How much money did Jesus leave for his followers? What cabins on the lake were recorded in his will? Let's die tired. Let's go to heaven spent. Let's run so hard we have to crawl the last few meters. May the Lord bless us with lives that have been used up for the gospel. You work so hard to leave a legacy of comfort for your children. Why not leave them nothing? Why not spend it all on the gospel? Why not die with no reserves? Why not go to heaven with nothing in the bank, nothing on the lake, nothing under the mattress, no ounce of energy left? God bless you with fatigue. God bless you with exhausted reserves. May God bring you to the end with everything spent on Him. Break your alabaster box. The poor will always be with us. Bequeath to your children the dignity of labor. Lavish your savings on Jesus. Retire in Mecca or Mogadishu or Damascus. Go out fighting. Go down swinging. Go preach your own funeral with Raymond Lull in Algeria. Leave your children the legacy of a life consumed by toil for Jesus. Your progeny don't need your accumulated wealth. Give them the gift of dying tired and spent. With no reserves. May the Lord bless you with a life exhausted on Him. May the Lord bless you with simplicity. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus resisted the siren's song of power. Jesus rebuffed other people's ideas for his life because his face was set to die for others. And Jesus lived with one consuming big idea. I must get to the cross. I must die for someone else. So many causes, even Christian ones, they compete for our attention and for our affections. May the Lord bless you with one simple ambition. May God make you narrow. May God impart into you the same idea that he lived and died for, dying to save others because greater love hath no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus simplified his life so that nothing would distract him from the cross. Nothing would stop Jesus from dying for other people. Everything Jesus did and everything Jesus did not do propelled him to sacrificial death. You want to be like Jesus? Live and die to save others. It's a simple goal, it's a simple focus. Set your face to go to the cross. I pray that your life would be that simple. We complicate our own lives. No one else does. And I pray that you are blessed with a life that frames every decision, who you marry, where you study, where you live, who your friends are, how you spend your money, where you attend church. May every decision be framed on these simple questions. Who does not know Jesus? What peoples have no access to the gospel? And what am I going to do about it? It doesn't have to be complicated. May Jesus bless you with simplicity. May the Lord bless you with suffering and death. Philippians 3, 8 and 10. I count everything. A loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Robert Stewart was a missionary who was martyred in China. And he said, Agonia is the measure of success. Christ suffered in agony, so must we. Christ died, so perhaps may we. Our life must be hard and cruel and wearisome and unknown, so was his. North American culture has not been kind to the Christian. We have been fed the poison of prosperity and swallowed it. Our geographical isolation... And our material elevation above the rest of the world have betrayed us. And we live life confused, full of possessions, empty in spirit. Abounding in opportunity, accomplishing nothing of eternal value. We cannot understand why having so much we possess so little. We are bewildered at how our unrestrained freedoms have bound us. We have been presented with and accepted a distorted Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus? Is that all that you ask? Jesus was hungry. Jesus lived under limitations. Sometimes his prayers were denied. Jesus was tired. Jesus was poor. Jesus lived with one simple aim. Jesus disappointed everyone. Jesus was thought crazy by his family. Jesus was abandoned. Jesus was lonely. Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus suffered. Jesus died in a way that no one expected. Do you want to be like Jesus? Oh, precious children, so wise in the world and so foolish in the spirit, the things that you long for can only be gained by dying. Satisfaction can only come from hunger. Freedom can only come from limitations. Access can only come from denial. Strength can only come from weakness. Riches can only come from poverty. Purpose comes from simplicity. Life comes from suffering and death. Jesus joyfully embraced hunger and limitations and denied prayer and weakness and poverty and simplicity and suffering and death for a reason, for his mission, that all peoples will be saved. What blessings are you willing to embrace that the world might be reconciled to him? Jesus understood what his mission would cost. Do you understand what His mission is required of you? If we will understand Him, if we would be like Jesus, if we will be hungry, and if we will be limited, and if we would be denied, and if we will be tired, and if we will be poor, and if we will be simple, and if we will suffer, and if we will die, The Father will bestow on us life, everlasting life, and the gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. And what the Father chooses for me may not be what the Father chooses for you. If you are to be like Jesus, it is to agree to allow the Father to choose for you. John and Peter died very different deaths and when the inquiry came Jesus responded what is that to you what does it matter what blessings are given or withheld to the other you follow me to be like Jesus to be like Jesus all we ask is to be like him All through life's journey, from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him.